The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. This week, we finish up the art project. That's right. It has been seven weeks, seven weeks of 2000 to 2009 movie greatness. I'm just confirming. Um, I'm assuming, Dave, who won the action movie poll? Was it? Did it go the way we expected? Yeah, Dark Knight with a pretty solid victory. Not surprising. Nothing screams action like a brooding dude in a black suit having a psychological argument with a dude in white face paint. Totally action heavy. All the all of the actions. All of <laughs> there were a lot of explosions, Pat. You know, uh, they blew up a hospital. I'm just gonna say our action and drama got flip flop by the winners. Action for action, it really seems to me like the board identity had more action. Like it's basically nothing but action. But okay, whatever, voters. You apparently have spoken. Anyway, we are, and of course, you just heard David Ungar's voice, the lawyer himself. You also heard PC Tunney. We are once again joined by Aesop Mitchell. How are, how are you today, sir? I'm currently mourning. Uh, we are just an hour outside of my beloved University of Illinois fighting a lot. I go down to Houston in fairly convincing fashion. Um, so... I'm a little down, fellas. I'm hoping we have some fun because we're going to talk comedy. So you ready to talk some comedy, sir? Oh, let's do it. We are going to talk comedy. We're also going to go to the trailer park uh, with Dave back. The trailer park music can join us. We don't need to have any of that acapella singing business that we had last week. Uh, And and that's really uh, (laughs) our show as we wrap it up because comedies probably take us the longest to talk about. 
um, because we every it's like there's a there's a term in professional wrestling called getting your shit in, and everybody during these list shows really feels like they got to get their shit in, and we have a lot of stuff we got to cover and talk about because we all we all love it, and comedy is kind of. It's for lack of a outside of our nerd shit, it's probably our preferred medium of film to discuss. And so, you know, I, from what I heard, word on the street is Tony had like a list of 40 comedies to work from. So that's that's quite a bit all in its own right. Um, and then, yeah, we'll start geared up next week. Uh, it won't we'll have to talk. Uh, we'll have to talk about what we're going to talk about for next week because Moon Knight actually doesn't debut until the following show. So next show we won't like Moon Knight will not have debuted, I don't believe, because of Disney Plus's like Wednesday fetish. Uh so we'll have to we'll have to wait a week on that. But we'll be back we'll be back to kind of a quote unquote normal show with news around the Nerdosphere, more trailer park, all of that that fun stuff. So yeah. I think what we're gonna do is take our first commercial break and we come back Dave's going to get us into the trailer park with a little bit of banjo music. So you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, gentlemen, let's go visit the trailer park. David, I used your full name. Cue that beautiful banjo. Okay, so I know that this group is more of a Star Wars group than a Trekkie group, but our first, oh, except for Aesop, well, Aesop, you're new, you're newish. That's fair. He's kind of rolling in here off the off the streets, the mean streets of Wisconsin, and uh, and you know, wandering in. But you know, week to week, I have to listen to PC Tony be like, "It's Star Wars. I love new Star Wars." Then there's Dave, who's like, the last Jedi was okay. Oh, wait, no, that's me. That's me. Rise of Skywalker was okay. That's right. (laughs) But Paramount Plus debuted a teaser trailer for its new Star Trek. And I guess it's fair to prequel uh, in the sense that it is a precursor to the Captain Kirk era of the Federation. And it's called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And at least based on the trailer, I'm looking forward to to how this series goes because Star Trek, to me, and I think has always been the thing that's made it special, has not been about you know space alien battles and and, and crazy 
you know, crazy action stuff. Like a lot of Star Trek has always been about this idea, kind of this higher ideal of what space war exploration would be like learning, exploring it, meeting new cultures, resolving differences without bloodshed, save the Klingons. Like, and we know that, you know, the Klingons do the thing, but this, you know, just from, from the first snippets that we got today is we're going to follow Captain Pike, for those of you who who know Star Trek lore, uh, as is something that apparently brings him out of retirement. But it looks like this is very much like in the early days of the Federation, in the early days of space exploration and discovering new worlds, which was everything that Star Trek was. Aesop, you you said you're a Trekkie. Talk to us about your thoughts on this trailer. It is the most uh, the most world that you get on star trek in a long time and outside of i would say some of the films and obviously like the old um william shatner star trek where you get like some barren wasteland that's all orange and shit this is finally giving you those worlds and thankfully i mean that's what it's called strange new world so i would hope so but um i I'm looking forward to it. Paramount has done a fantastic job with its Star Trek uh, line of everything, whether it be the more serious stuff like uh, Picard or Discovery or uh, even some of the crazier stuff like Lower Decks, which I highly recommend to everyone. Lower Star Trek Lower Decks is fantastic. Um, they don't seem to mess up Star Trek. So if this kind of is on par with the rest of their Star Trek stuff, it's going to be good. And in fact, it has potential to be the best one out of the the Paramount Plus lineup of Star Trek. You hear that, kids? Unlike Disney, Paramount doesn't mess up Star Trek. You know, Disney messes up Star Wars left and right. Dave, did you have a chance to watch this? I don't know. You're not a you're not a particularly huge Trek guy, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, I'm not not on the not like Star Wars. I definitely prefer Star Wars, but I, I like Star Trek. What's that? You said I'm not not a Star Trek guy. That's right. Double negatives are, are the word of the day. Um, but I, I've always liked Star Trek. I, I love like the original movies, you know, with Shatner and, and Leonard Nimoy and, um, you know, from motion or the first one in Wrath of Khan. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's something else for Paramount Plus to really put out there and market to people to get more people invested in their service that and halo are probably going to be the big ones that are going to draw people in so it does look kind of cool from the standpoint of it is a, it is kind of prequelish um you know we're going back before kirk you get some stuff with pike uh i i mean i'm interested sure if i you know full disclosure my wife is sitting here in 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 the air quoting studio with us today. So she's just kind of listening in, but she's excited about a Star Trek series. So that's got to count for something, right? Round of applause to her. Aesop gives you a round of applause, babe. He's not in this. <laughs> she's just, she's excited if Shatner's in it. And I'm like, he's not in this, babe. She goes, I don't care. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, is that Star Trek loves to do is call back to its old franchises. So when you say he's not in it, sure, there is a strong probability that he makes a cameo because they love to do that on Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Um, okay. Tony, you're not going to watch this series, are you? No. 
That's right. Well, let's move on to to our next trailer. And this was a late ad after I sent the original one out. I meant to put this with the original rundown because Mike Myers has a new series coming out on Netflix called The Penta Verate, uh, which looks to be a riff on the Illuminati. And it's Mike Myers in a lot of different roles that and really we don't know too much about this story other than it's it looks like Mike Myers as a character, various characters going through various universes doing whatever this Illuminati wants him to do. Um, I love it because I, I basically wanted this to be a Mike Myers appreciation bit because after doing all the Saturday Night Live talk with Tony a couple weeks ago, uh, I feel like this is this is very much by appearance is kind of a Mike Myers going back doing what got him to the dance in the first place. And, and that's just kind of being a ridiculous character in a lot of different guises. And so exciting for me. I, I'm very, very interested. We didn't get a ton out of this first trailer. Uh, but Tony, I'll go to you first. Mike Myers being doing Mike Myers stuff in kind of a science fiction role. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I actually, uh, didn't know what it was until I started watching it. And then I was intrigued to see Mike Myers. It looked kind of goofy off the wall, but I'm, I'm here for that. I doubt I will pay to see this movie, but I think much like I eventually watched, um, what was it? Free guy or whatever it was with Ryan Reynolds. I'll probably watch this one too. Well, good news. This is on Netflix. So you don't have to pay to see it. Then I'll be watching it. There you go. Well, are you probably, I mean, it's not that you don't have to pay to see it. You're already paying to see it. Dave, do you want to see Mike Myers in an Illuminati show? <laughs> I think it's actually pronounced Pentaverit is my understanding. Nope. Huh? I want, it, I, want it, I want it to sound funny in Latin. Okay. Uh, I, it, the trailer was interesting because it starts off like very serious and very involved and very deep. And then you get the comedic element to it that, that, I mean, yeah, if this is Mike Myers being Mike Myers with the, cadre <laughs> ensemble of individuals that we saw in the trailer this has the potential to be to be really good uh but yeah it, it, you know it's a netflix series it's a series or is it a movie i think it's a series i'm actually going to do i was getting ready to bring up the interwebs yeah. and give it a look i, I mean i'm um, i'm cool with it with it i mean yeah it, it, mike myers is is one of those iconic people that we don't get enough of nowadays so if they're bringing him back in this fashion and form then yeah I, it's something i want to check out provided we you know we have the time with everything else going on in the world well we're, we're i mean we're not going to share we're not going to we're not going to review it no it's a mini it's a mini series on so okay an unlikely canadian journalist finds himself embroiled in a mission to uncover the truth of just and just possibly save the world himself uh Nothing like a mixture of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's going to be <laughs> some fun. Great, great movie. Made my top 10 list of comedies from the 90s, so it had that going for it. Okay, moving on. This one's a personal one for me, but I got I to gotta argue that whether you want to see Sonic 2 or not, the marketing behind Sonic 2 has been dope like and this is old 40 plus year old 
man saying dope. I get it. Not cool. They say they but, say sick. No, it's sick, Patrick. No, it's sick. lit. It's lit. It's, it's all of those adjectives. It is all <laughs> of those adjectives wrapped into one. Um, and, and I think the I think the capper for me honestly was the Sonic 2 poster that is an homage to the Sonic 2 box cover, box cover art from the Sega Genesis release with Dr. Robotnik having the hand on the two, Sonic back-to-back with Tails, Knuckles hidden around in there somewhere. Here's the thing. The trailer makes this movie look really, really fun. And the original movie, I got I to be honest, was really, really fun. I watched it with a little O'Dowd. He loved it. Like we're we're signed up to see it when it when it hits theaters in in April. But really, really fun. Like it just seems like they've got the flavor and the attitude of the character. And and I don't know who's who's behind making these things. But once they fixed the concept art of what the creature looked like, they've they've been on fire. And Sonic Two looks like a good time. Frozen Dave. Can you give your comments on the Sonic 2 trailer? I will work on unfreezing myself. Um, yeah, I think as far as trailers go, it looks really fun. Like you're saying, Pat, fun is the operative word there. Um, I didn't see the first one. Just You just, should. It's not bad. It's like, it's not. Oh, no, I've heard. Shakespeare. I've heard that it's really good. It's just, it just was one of those ones that kind of flew under the radar and I never circled back to watching it. But I, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. Everything I've heard was that it was surprisingly really good, especially all the problems they had at the beginning with the rendering of Sonic and the uproar about that. And then they fixed all that. But um, yeah, th- this one looks, looks cool. I mean, you've got Knuckles being introduced to this thing and, and he's. <laughs> going to be an interesting character. So I, I, you know, if you're remotely interested in the Sonic, the Hedgehog series and the air quoting lore about the Sonic Hedgehog series, it looks like a must watch. Just like, I think you hit it on the head. It's going to be a fun movie to go see with the kids or on your Absolutely. own. If you want. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go see it on my own. I'm definitely bringing my 10 year old, but it's, it's going to be a good time. Like I, it, it's a, it's a movie that made me, like I'd kind of grown tired of Jim Carrey and his role as the villain. It, he He's perfect for it. Like he's just, he's been absolutely perfect for it. Uh, Aesop, your thoughts on Sonic two. Uh, like you, like you said, Patrick, I, the first movie was a sleeper. It did not look good initially. And then the minute you started watching it there, the tone changed from what the trailer presented initially. Right. <clears throat> and it eventually, what? I know it's not saying much because of the rest of the crowd. It's probably a top five video game movie of all time. Um, it's 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 better than it has any right to be. Yes, it's better than Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. Was well, like I said, Doom. because of the crowd, because of the crowd that it's you know sharing company with. It's uh, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but you watch the trailer and. It looks like it's going to present the same level of quality and tone as the first one. So what would make me think that it's going to be, you know, all that bad? It can't be. Maybe we're not going to have the same surprise factor, but similar to like Deadpool as opposed to Deadpool 2, they're still very fun movies. It's just clear that the first one was better. 
Yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll be interested to see how whether or not quote unquote better or or, or worse is a thing. Idris uh, Elba, come on. Idris Elba as Knuckles, you you can't go wrong. I I heard Tony's already bought his tickets to go see it, so he, he's willing By to himself. pay. That is not yeah. true. I, I you can this you can deny it. I, this is not a movie theater movie, but I will Mel- be watching it. Meltzer reports. Um, and then <laughs> inside sources say that I prefer we're breakfast I, at the diner, not lunch. I don't know what you're talking about. Fair enough. What, what the inside sources do say is that we're going to move into our last trailer uh, and get a little Marvel, yet another Marvel series. We've got a release date for Ms. Marvel. Looks like it's June. Kamala Khan. First thing I noticed, her powers are different than than what they than what they do in the comic. Oh, Dave, you're kind of like, yeah, they're I mean, altered. It, it, yeah. It's it's hard to say that off of a trailer. I mean, she does get the enlarged hands near the end of the trailer, so you get to see some of that. Um, but I mean, I think the important thing about the trailer that they hit on is the fan girlish aspect of Kamala Khan, which is really at her core as to how she kind of falls into this superhero by proxy sort of you know uh evolution that she goes through so i thought you know it it, it, it's a trailer for you know it you look at this and you look at moon knight and we know that moon knight is getting raving reviews so far so i can't wait for that to come out and you know with 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 this raving raving reviews people are really i mean have been very 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 stoked about it and very complimentary so this is another one of these niche characters that that we were getting with through the MCU that you're not sure about about it. But, you know, I think I think there's enough in this trailer to get the casual fan to be interested in to say, hey, you know, this kind of looks like something different. I want to check this out further. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell from just what we got. What is her power set? Have they really altered it or are they just kind of dangled out a few little teasers to us? So. I mean, I I thought it was a I thought it was a better trailer than I was expecting, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. I love the uh, I loved the visuals of like the writing in the notebook and drawing the pictures and sort of that sort of fan that you talked about like that fan aspect that was very much um, something I thought was a nice little aesthetic and nice touch. The other thing that I think is is really good and that that I appreciate is that it's clear that this is going to be. It's going to be a it's going to be a cultural thing as well in terms of her wrestling with her family uh, about the idea of her even being a superhero. So I, I think that's a, a good dynamic to check out as well. They had to. I mean, that is such a big component of uh, Kamala Khan in the comic series. And, you know, having someone I, I, I don't know too much about uh, Iman Vellani, um, the girl that is playing Kamala Khan. She looks prepared for the role, which is all I can ask for, right? And especially considering that you're going to have, uh, what is it, the Marvels uh, next year. So it, this be be ready to see her face again going forward. Right. You know what I really, another thing that I really felt like this was great is it's a channeling of, it's it's a variation of the Peter Parker that Tom Holland plays of the, I'm just so excited, like, Tom Holland's character has this really like deep seated root of um, rooted like sense of responsibility with great power. He's great responsibility. 
but he was just always like in awe of being there. She is so excited and in awe of the opportunity to be a superhero and and to be able to rub elbows with with potentially other superheroes that like you can kind of feel that come through on the camera and she's doing a great job. Tony, we're gonna make you watch this show. So um I'm not gonna we, watch this one. You're gonna see he's like, I'm not gonna watch this one. Um, wait, wait, why? Why, Tony? Why wouldn't you watch this one? Because when I see something that comes out or hear about it and see the trailer in my head, it's a very brief thing that happens and it's either a on one side I want to watch it, on the other side I don't think I really want to watch it. So you know, this one is probably further into that side of I'm not going to watch it. It so, seems really interesting. It's going to make a ton of new fans for Marvel. I mean, it's it's, it's an ingenious, you know, play to, to, to do this. You know, uh, you think about all the new little girls that are going to be fans of Marvel and try and explore more Marvel, you know, so. It's funny you bring that up and, and not funny, but it's it's a really good point because basically what we're seeing the Marvel I, do we call it a cinematic universe anymore at this point? Like, cause it's not like when I think cinema, I think theater and now like, it's like MEU, the Marvel entertainment universe. And like, this is very much following the trend of the, the comics have, that Marvel comics has been trying to do and trying to grow its own audience. This has been a very representative representation, heavy phase for marvel whether it's shang chi whether it's you know ms marvel whether it's you know eternals eternals uh the the whole cast of the eternals for that matter yeah Um, there's so there's there's so much and and these are wildly ms marvel is a wildly popular character miles morales it's only a matter of time before he ends up in this shared universe because he is a wildly popular character gwen stacy as spider gwen i think it is a matter of time before she shows up in these universes because squirrel girl squirrel girl the young avengers like members of the young avengers that still haven't been introduced yet there's so much opportunity and i think that marvel well yeah i think that the the filmmakers are trying to to take advantage of that and yeah a little bit of it it's a little pandering but it's also long overdue and representation has been long overdue in comics for decades decades upon decades it's been a problem since you know the golden age so i do think in respect that's a win well you look at i mean you bring up a good point what is the mcu at this point i mean the universe has expanded greatly now they did you guys saw they that they disney plus got rid of any reference to netflix in all the old netflix series daredevil luke cage there is no they scrubbed all mentions of netflix from all of those so you know the the marvel universe expanded immensely just in the last two weeks with the addition of all that so yeah it's hard to tell what what is it really the mcu anymore or are we just talking the marvel universe like you said pat it it, doesn't this sort of have a uh into the spider-verse sort of feel to it where i know you were kind of saying that it had like tom holland spider-man feelings I get more of the the Sony Spider-Verse where it it just is so childish, but in a good way with with that sort of coming of age, because we kind of had like Peter Parker halfway through that uh, in in with Tom Holland stuff. 
I think this is going to have a lot of growing up. And uh, I know Iman uh, Vellani is like 19. She looks like she's 14 in the trailer. <laughs> and I, I, I'm looking forward to see how she kind of develops her character throughout with the help of, uh, I, I don't know who's directing uh, this overall, but I, I think they're going to do a great job. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be like Dave alluded to at the very beginning when we when we entered this conversation. This is going to be a nice palate cleanser from Moon Knight. And when do we get Secret Wars? Have they announced a date on that? That's coming shortly there. Secret thereafter. Wars or Secret Invasion? Or Secret Invasion, not Secret Wars. It, I sorry, I see Nick Fury. I think Secret Wars. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think they've given us that yet. That's not worthy of a drink, Tony. You know, it's drinking to Illinois' um, success today. Well, all, they, all they said is late 2022, so later this year. You know, Wisconsin's still got to play. I'm going to get so many fucking text messages from Patrick if they lose today. You better hope they don't. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. Uh, what's that? Neither do you. Neither. Yeah, they, they, I don't think this is when they, they bow out, though I think Providence will give them trouble. And on that note, we'll get away from the college basketball whining of Patrick O'Dowd. We will walk out of the trailer park, and we are going to take our second commercial break. And when we come back, we are finishing up the art project with part seven. You are going to hear our top ten comedies from 2000-2009. No, He's ten. got a top 30. Ten. You only get ten. And you'll get to reveal those ten. A fucking ten. Ten! Ten! Fucking ten! Not ten times three. Ten. Yeah, Ty, ten. Dill- Ty Dillinger. Ten. Ten. Anyway, you'll get all of that when we come back from our commercial break. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Gentlemen, it has been a journey, as it always is with these projects. 
seven weeks, seven categories, 70 films from each of us. That's 280 movies, like, ish. A little bit less because there's some ties. And then, well, but then Tony's got 50 honorable mentions. So, you know, if we got to count all <laughs> like, it's it's been what I'm saying is it's been a journey. I'll be interested to see how this list goes, just like it was for action films. Action films was the most, I want to say, it was like like we had a lot of disparity in our lower and our lower counts, uh, but our higher, our top lists, our, our top of the heaps were were a little bit more synced up. Comedy, I don't know. There's a lot out there, guys. This was a this was a good decade for comedy, and so Tony, like Tony's showing me thirty. He knows he can't give us all 30. He's going to do that thing during the show where he fucking crams in about eight honorable mentions. He'll just try to say him like as fast as he can. He's, he's already shaking his head because he knows what he does. You know, what he you double do. downed. He put two movies for like number 10. I bet he did that he, twice yeah, last week. What he's, no, he did, he's going to have three movies in each light. He's going to be like for my number 10, Fucker. I have a three way tie for this, this, and this for my number nine, I have a three way tie for blah, 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 blah. Tony is talking into the void with his microphone away from his face. Everything is wrong. Down is up. This week's order will be Dave, Tony, Aesop, and myself. Rules have not changed. If you have one that's the same, make sure you raise that hand so that we can all see it. And Dave, actually, let's we, we, we talk about this every week. How was building the list for for you you and Aesop? We'll go with Dave first, since we already know Tony has thirty on his list. <laughs> How was it building the list? Uh, Freaking impossible is a good <laughs> a good answer. There are so many. This decade is so strong for for comedies, and and one thing I noticed a lot of the comedies on here, and a lot of the ones I like, have some very questionable content by modern standards. And that's okay. You know, and that, that, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, we're looking at, I think you've got to, any of these lists, you've got to kind of look at the time frame that you're in and, and not kind of try and funnel it through recency bias sort of lens. And, and I kept that in mind. You know, what did I like back then? Yeah, I understand people are going to be pissed about a few things in some of these movies. Fine. You know, hate tweets can be sent to at attitude ag. I'll take them all day long. I eat them like candy. So knock yourself out. But, you know, it was tough. And I know like once Tony shared his top 30 list, uh, the picture of it all kidding aside, I said, all right, I'm really hoping that some of these ones that I had to leave off are going to show up somewhere on somebody else's list. Because there's a lot that I absolutely love, absolutely love that just I just didn't put them on the list for one reason or another, hoping a lot of it's hoping that they're going to show up on Aesop's or they're going to show up on yours or Tony's. Um very, very difficult list to put together. A very strong decade for comedies, no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see what everybody else comes up with. But love putting the list together. Comedies are always from the '80s project, the '90s project. Now, probably the most engaged and the funnest one of the categories that we deal with. So I'm ready. All right. Well, while you fix your camera again, Asaf, talk about how you built the list. I came into this list thinking that it was going to be relatively easy because I was able to name eight movies right off the bat that I was like, this needs to be in my list. And then I had to find those final two, which gave me the biggest aneurysm of all time. And it was like, 
how how can I narrow down? Uh, I think it was ended up being ten films, ten films down to two, and I just had the most difficult time. Uh, you know, I am very much into comedy. That's my bread and butter during the given week. That's what I uh, make my money in, to be honest. So uh, when it comes to comedy, I I really have a passion for it and watching things. And, uh, you know, there are definitely films on my list that many people don't like, and I'm okay with that. And uh, this is going to be a great time talking about it. And similar to what Dave said, I know that people are going to utter the names of the ones that I had to get left off my list. So I feel pretty confident in that. So I feel good about my list because of it. My, uh, my final cut list was a list of 17 that I then bought a uh, little down to 10. So I only had to cut seven when I got down to the nitty gritty after I did the long brain dump. So without further ado, we're going to skip Tony because we already know he has 30. Um, Dave Ungar, Tony, would you like to talk about why you have 30 comedies on your list? No, 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 no that's fine. I'll, uh, don't worry. I'll take the time whenever I want it. I know you will. You're going to take it and I'm going to have to meet you. Two hour time limit, Tony. Two hour time limit. Listen, I have barely said a goddamn thing since we started this show today. So listen. Watching the trailers I provide, you're like, all these suck. I'm not going to. I watched them all. I watched them all at breakfast this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Welcome, Ed Sullivan in the house. All right, Dave Ungar. That was a Chad Gable. Uh, Sounded more like. Or an Aesop Mitchell. Thank anyway, you. David Ungar. Shush. Shush. <laughs> All right. My number 10. Uh, let me kick this thing off. Uh, my number 10 is there. I've got quite a few <laughs> movies from this actor and this. Uh, well, he's one of the actors in a group of actors. But my number 10 is old school. Oh, no one else has got it. Uh, this this n- number number 13 13 okay almost almost in the top 10 uh so yeah this one is is one of the is a fun movie I, where what's that pat so that's how tony's gonna get his 30 in because uh-huh. he's gonna see what the number was on his list if it wasn't you're wasting list. so much time i did it so quick and efficient ruthless efficiency and you you are just oh patrick it's going to be a long show. You better tell your wife she needs to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you used to say this about me all the time. I'm just going to do a little gesture for you. Just a little gesture. Stirring it up. Yeah, but Old School is a movie about Frank the Tank, played by Will Ferrell, who uh, is trying to be the good husband married man, and that quickly degenerates into his partying days as, who is it? Uh, it's not Owen Wilson. Luke Wilson is um rents a a house on the campus of some local university they create a fraternity so that they can actually stay there this creates all sorts of hijinks and shenanigans it's it's a very funny movie i i, I definitely like the first half of the movie better than the second half i think it's 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 more comedic in the first half um juliet lewis as the <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a three-way, and, and that's kind of how the whole thing kicks off. There are some definite funny moments in the movie, to be sure. The, the streaking scene is good. There's a lot of things here and there. The uh, Treating Luke Wilson like the godfather is, is just priceless. So it's a fun movie. I've got old school, my number 10. It was literally tied with three other movies for my number 10. It was the hardest decision I had to make. So it, it did come forth out of those four movies, but... 
you know, Snoop Loop, grab your green hat. Uh, you think KFC's still open? Uh, Alicia Cuthbert is just smoking hot in this movie. And the fact that she's, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that's his boss's daughter and she, he finds out she's in high school. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, it's Vince Vaughn, Vince is, Vaughn is just epic in this movie as well. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, earmuffs come from this movie, correct? Yep. You just tell the kid earmuffs and you can say whatever you want. Fuck, shit, I, damn, motherfucker. I, I, great call, David. And, and, and it's kind of already started to work out where I'm sure every one of us thinks this movie is hilarious, but we only used one spot for it. So good pick. Thank you. Uh, my number 10 is super bad. All right, then we'll save the we'll save the extra razzle dazzle till later. Uh, my number ten um, is one of the dumbest, most mind numbing films I have ever seen. It's Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> the minute you start to watch Kung Pao, you feel your brain cells begin to die and deteriorate as if you were huffing lead based paint for the last hour. And you know what? That's okay. Kung Pao is full of inane jokes that resonate to the immature teenager that lives inside of myself and probably all of us and needs to be let out and on a nice hour and a half walk every once in a while. Steve Odekirk made an homage film, not only just made it, but starred, uh, did everything to the awful 70s Hong Kong cinema by taking scenes out of 1976's Savage Killers, redubbing and inserting new pieces to tell a completely ludicrous tale. It's a cult classic for sure, but it'll always make my top 10 for comedies. It always does. Is that the one that has the uh, gerbil nunchucks? Uh, Gopher chucks. Oh, go for chucks. My bad. I need go for chucks. And then the best part is when they when he's like using them and then they cut away to the uh gopher and it goes Millennium so now they will reference this as you know the way comedy should be. I'm sure. Apparently Tony not a fan. Uh yeah, why don't you put that mic up before you speak next time? Oh wow. Okay. Leave this mic leave my pick alone, damn it. Just because it wasn't in your top 400. My, my number 10. My number 10. Uh, I talked about this before. I'm, I love a good romantic comedy. Uh, and when I first saw this movie, I went out and bought it right away. Uh, there are bits of it. Dave talked about things that don't age well. There is definitely one bit of it that does not age, age well. But I watch it every Christmas season. That's love, actually. Um, yes, I know Andrew Lincoln stalks Kira Knightley and it's weird, but there's so much that is, I, that I just really love and appreciate out of, out of this movie beyond that. Um, it did, it, it did spawn a plethora of movies surrounded, centered around holidays following various plot lines that somehow loosely interconnect. But if you don't find amusement out of Bill Nye, uh, and his relationship with his manager as an aging rock star trying to get the number one song from Christmas and, you know, being on like a teen kids radio show and or, um, not radio show, like a teen kids dance show and writing graffiti on <laughs> that <laughs> writing graffiti about the boy band that says that they like to eat cock in front of all these kids. And then they're like, lots of kids watching. And he's like, oh, that's right, kids. Kids, here's a lesson from your from your Uncle Bill. Don't smoke drugs. 
become a pop star and they'll give them to you for free. <laughs> like he just doesn't care. He's hilarious. Uh, Liam Neeson plays a dad who's recently widowed, who's um, trying to figure out his relationship with his son, who has a crush on a girl at school and he helps her. There's ta- like, it's just all these different stories about love that, that are that are intertwined and funny, like and even things that go wrong, like Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman play an older couple, and Alan Rickman is is basically working his way into an affair with his secretary behind her back, and it's I think it's a really good movie and well done and put together. Uh, unfortunately, it spawned a lot of knockoff sort of things like Valentine's Day and New Year's <laughs> Eve, all these other like really terrible ones. Uh, but love actually, I still think is is quite good. Thank you for your silence. I will oh no, I it. agree. I just I'm just like you summed it up too well for me to comment. Fair enough. My number nine is uh, the whole nine yards, starring Bruce Willis. Uh, I'm going to forget his name, Chandler Bing, um, Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry, uh, and Natasha Henstridge, and uh, Amanda Peet, Michael Clark Duncan. Roll, uh, Roland, um, God, what's his name? Roland, well, uh, fuck, I'm gonna forget his name. Um, and Arquette's in it. I think Patricia Arquette's in it. Um, but it follows Matthew Perry, who's this dentist, uh, in Canada, whose next door neighbor is Bruce Willis, who happens to be Jimmy the Tulip. And Jimmy the Tulip is a hitman who is hiding from Yachty Gogolak of the Gogolak gang. Um, because he's and they're all looking for jimmy's ex-wife and it's it's like oceans 11 but goofy as hell because it's like a it's basically a heist comedy and matthew perry is just this poor guy who's like caught up in the middle because his wife is trying to murder him um trying to get him killed Harlan Will Harlan Williams, that's who I was trying to remember. He he plays like a cop who's a hitman. Um, but like Matthew Perry just keeps getting caught up in all these things. He's like this nice dude. Um, Amanda Pete plays somebody who was paid to like assassinate him, but she can't because he's so lovable. Um and it was it's just like the way everything sort of ties together and works out and the and the storylines, it's very Oceans Eleven, but goofy and, and a lot of fun. And actually spawned a sequel that I can't believe actually got made, but <laughs> Um, there's a lot of those films, uh, especially in the comedies list that you're like, why Kevin, Kevin Pollack plays Yanni Gogolak, um, the, the, the mob boss who's looking for Jimmy, the tulip. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I love it. Um, and that was my number nine. Good movie. Okay. I, I really liked it. It's one that actually fell through the cracks on me. Um, I would have had a top 31. So nice pick Patrick. I, I really like that movie. Now, I'm glad you called out Harlan Williams because I was just talking about him last night with someone and uh, how he is like the poor man's David Koechner. Right, right. He's underrated. I think he's underrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dumb and Dumber is the one I remember the most, obviously. Um, My number nine is Black Dynamite. There we go. Tony's got to sort sort through all of his remaining 29 to figure out which one is number nine. No, it's not. They're on oh, each page. Oh, was yours? Notebook. No, was yours higher? Was someone else that higher on somebody else? Okay, sorry, I didn't see that. I missed that. Okay, my number nine is Napoleon Dynamite. Stay home and eat all the freaking chips, Kip. Napoleon, don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with babes all day. All day, 
all day he's been chatting online with babes. He's been also been training to be a cage fighter. And Uncle Rico, he can throw a football over a mountain, by the way. And God damn it, if Tina would just eat her ham, maybe everybody would vote for Pedro. But I'll tell you, the best part of this movie is the fucking dance sequence that Napoleon has on the fucking stage. Oh, my God. It is so great. And you could see all the guys in the audience like, what a dipshit. And all the girls slowly go, damn, that's kind of fucking hot. So what a, what a fun movie. It's actually kind of a movie that I didn't like the first time I turned it on. I, I didn't get through the whole thing, but then over the years you rewatch and find stuff and just a, just a classic quotable movie um, really kicked off a great, uh, interesting run for, for John heater um, in a few different movies that he ended up having. So that was my number nine, Napoleon dynamite. As much as I love that movie, I do resent it for giving us more films with John Heater because he does not <laughs> match Napoleon Dynamite one iota in every other subsequent film. Yeah, this is one of these movies that I'm really glad made your list because I, I left it off, but it, it's 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 deceptively clever in what it does as far as the portrayal of everything and just the, the humor is... is <laughs> Not so much in your face as it is. You're just kind of watching it, and and it and it like you're saying, Tony. The first time I watch it, the same thing is like, ah, this is kind of weird. But then you watch it a few more times, you're like, oh yeah, this is really clever. This is funny, and yeah, vote for Pedro. You know, I like the guys where they they roll up in the low rider and they just look at the people and shake their head and they just back down. It's fucking... it's it's very subtle. It's very it subtle in, in its in its uh in its comedic nature. Yes, him is. yelling at Tina the llama is my favorite part. God, Tina, just eat your ham. <laughs> so you're freaking God. It is one of my wife's favorites. She she would be disappointed that it didn't make my list. But oh well, she's just in the make, other she's in the other make, room. Just make a quesadilla, Napoleon. Yeah, quesadilla. All right, so my number nine might be higher on somebody else's list, uh, and it is uh, Step Brothers. No, okay, left off here. So it's a it's a second of my Will Ferrell movies. Uh, John C. Riley is what's that, honey? 25 <laughs> um, i i really i enjoy this movie these two <laughs> deadbeat losers of these kids who end up getting thrust together because their parents meet each other at a conference and immediately fall in love with each other and so we bring together these two and the parents bond over the fact that both of their sons are deadbeat losers and often often running we go from there uh it's 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 a very funny movie there's some really good parts you know, it's got a very good cast. Will Ferrell, of course, John C. Riley as Dale, um, Mary Steenburgen, Richard Jenkins. Catherine Hahn is in this as the uh, sexually frustrated wife of Derek, who's one of the brothers <laughs> <laughs> who decides that she's going to just have an affair with Dale. And oh, my goodness. It is, oh my and I've, I've got I watched the unrated version recently, which is a little bit more risque about what's going on between those two. And it's really funny stuff. Um and at the end, you know, the, the guys kind of find their own way and in, 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 in do their own thing. And uh, I like the part where he buries Dale alive, <laughs> even though he's like, I'm alive. He's like, yeah, I got to bury you anyway. And that's I, it, it's it's silly and it's stupid in some places, but it's very funny. Step Brothers, number nine for me. Great post uh post credit sequence as well, where they go back and fight all the children. Yes, because everyone knows you want to punch a child in the face. Yeah, I said walk away. I think the cops are going to be here soon. <laughs> so. Do you do you guys think we could get bunk beds? We'd have so much more room for activities. Yes, exactly. All right. 
Uh, is it back on me now? My number eight? I think it's my number eight. And then it'll go. Oh, your number eight. Sorry. I'll drink. All right. So my number eight is is synonymous with three letters, gentlemen. N P H. Harold and Kumar go to White Up. Oh, higher on Pat's list. Okay. Sit your right. ass down, Tony. Yes, I'm already sitting down. <laughs> Sit down. My, my nine, Harold and Kumar is 19 on my list. Okay, my number eight, which I think is probably going to be higher on somebody else's list, is Anchorman. There you go. Is it, Dave, is your whole list just Will Ferrell movies? <laughs> Not in Harold and Kumar, Patrick. Just so, you, so there. I'm saying, it feels like, feels like a lot of Will Ferrell movies. He's um, iconic with the decade. What do you want from me? That's fair. My number eight, which I'm sure is going to be higher on someone's list, is Anchorman. Is <laughs> was your eight Anchorman? Yep. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. So, well, as much as we disagree on things, Aesop, sometimes we do agree. Oh my god, it's like I'm not even on the show. Um, anyway, Will Ferrell, most overrated comedian ever. Anyway, my number eight. Aesop, we can now talk about uh, Black Dynamite. It was just, you just had to wait one turn. Um, just a, a straight up beautiful genius parody of black exploitation movies from the 70s. Michael Jai White. Um, I, uh, from the moment he says, I told you hockey's from the CIA, the Black Dynamite was out of the game. I was all in 100%. And it's it's so funny. It's just these little things. This is all just a send up of movies from the time. But like everything from the boom bike hitting him in the afro, yes, while he's while he's trading, and to, him yelling afterwards, oh my god, is so fucking good. To to Richard Nixon being behind this evil drug pot to to shrink the dicks of black men everywhere. <laughs> to to him after his fight with Richard Nixon helping Pat Nixon up and being like, I'm sorry, I pimp slapped you, Pat Nixon, and going, it's. It's for I downloaded. I remember I it's one of the few digital download movies that I got because it was like one day I just found it super cheap on the PlayStation Network for like a dollar. And I was like, done. Um, and now you can watch it on HBO Max, I do believe, um, is where it's streaming. But Black Dynamite, my number eight. Have I ever mentioned how much I love black exploitation and films shot on Super 8? Uh, because Black Couple. Dynamite covers this in an unexpectedly smart way. It's just so good. Uh, my One of my favorite lines is, hello, ladies, what's your names? I'm Shawanda, and her name is Brick Willa. <laughs> uh, it, it has so many memorable moments, and I'm pretty sure I can recite the entire Anaconda malt liquor scene word for word, uh, breaking the fourth wall constantly, like you said, Patrick, and giving me moments of side-splitting humor in a spot that... I don't think any other movie has quite matched. And I know that's a big statement for a movie that ranks number nine on my list, but it's 100% true. It, it just doesn't tickle uh, that like no other movie tickles me quite like that one. Yeah. It's, it's a fun watch. It's just a fight. It's my nephew, Bobby. He OD'd. Uh, good stuff. Quiet. Good. You'll wake the bitches. <laughs> Remember, kids, this episode of Bandwagoners is not necessarily socially responsible. So there you go. Hey, no, I'll tell you what. You ask any anybody who grew up on those movies, that lo- like anybody who loves Shaft, anybody who loved anything with Pam Greer, they go back, they watch Black Dynamite, and they're like, this is genius. 
No lies detected. On to my number seven. If we can now talk about NPH, um, just didn't have to wait very long. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Uh, I, Anthony, was it Anthony Edwards? Not Anthony Edwards. Um, what's his name? Talks about burning this motherfucker down. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The secret and, sauce. You, guys, you want the secret you guys, sauce? You guys talking about this delicious burger? Maybe you want to burn that motherfucker down. Hey, everybody! Everybody, let's burn this motherfucker down! <laughs> Just great. Harold and Kumar leaving their apartment. They they get down the hall, and Kumar's like, oh, I forgot I forgot the weed. Well, we can go back in. No, we've come too far. That's right. And, then, and, they, and they, they, they don't turn around. It's, and then, yes, Neil Patrick Harris snorting coke off a hooker's ass. It's... As the car crests... <laughs> fucking hill <laughs> yeah that that i mean jesus this this movie is i mean and i get it, it it's it's adolescent as hell and that's fine but you know it's yeah neil patrick harris strung out on x wanting to you know sit in the back seat and they're all like why is neil patrick harris so horny and, and just you know grabbing onto the headrest and just grinding into it just and, and i mean it's 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 fantastic when they ask him about his time on Doogie Howser, he's like, I had every piece of ass on that show. <laughs> what about this one? No, I never went all the way with her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great stuff. Uh, I love it. Uh, here's the thing. I also love the Harold and Co- Kumar Christmas movie. It has, a, it, has a, it has a robot that makes waffles. I want a waffle bot. I want a waffle <laughs> All three of them have good moments. I mean, the first one's clearly the best. And, and I oh, mean, yeah. Guantanamo yeah. Bay, you know, cock meat sandwich, getting high with the president. <laughs> so the, the part, that, the part that's I, is that the one where is that's with Bush, right? Yes. And he's like, the secret is I lace it with a little bit of cocaine, gets you up and takes you down at the same time. Yeah, oh, shit, it's Cheney. So, I'm not here. The genius, the genius part of that sequel is actually the reason why they end up in Guantanamo. Guantanamo, because it's really a little too on the nose of a little old white lady looking, looking at a, you know, looking Kumar. at a brown person screaming terrorist. Like <laughs> that shit. Like I'm sitting there, I was like, this is funny because it's true. So yeah, the vision Chazy turns around with the with the whole get up on and talk about the plane, woo, crashing, and she freaks out. And oh, it's it's. <laughs> It's it's not as good as the first, clearly, but it's not bad. Excellent. Ace up to you, sir. All right. My number seven is Team America World Police. Matt Stone and Trey Parker might be the smartest comedians on this planet, whether it be on TV like South Park or on the big screen like Team America. Those two just know how to satirize everyone and every last topic and get away with it. Not to mention, to see what Parker and Stone do with Thunderbird marionettes is truly horrifying, yet one of the funniest things you have ever seen. I can quote that movie like crazy. Everyone knows the theme song, and it will forever live in the annals of my body of hilarity. You know, it really is. I love Greg and... Craig and DeMarco and I's friendship in many ways had, had a lot of, we use a lot of one-liners from that movie. Like we used to answer that when we answer the phone, like when we call each other, 
we answer the phone. Oh no! <laughs> like Kim Jong Il. Um, Very similar. I, we we used to we'd say Kaplar a lot. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole thing. Yeah, it's. It, I could have done it without the five minutes of vomiting. Uh, five minutes of vomiting puppet was weird. Um, but yeah, it got that was, you that great that great metaphor of dicks and assholes. It did. I also, um, it's funny that I was oddly like, this is too much, but yeah, it was okay with weird puppet sex where like she shit <laughs> on the chest and like that, that was okay. Uh, <laughs> will never die. So excellent choice. Excellent choice. My number seven is the hangover. Yep. I figured it's going to be a long top five. Dave, mm-hmm. your number seven. Uh, my number seven is the college comedy road trip. No, no one's got it any higher. So twenty three, twenty three for you. I, this this movie is, I mean, the the greatest performance by Tom Green and DJ Qualls probably of anything. I, what I love about <laughs> what I love about the movie is, um, yeah, I mean, Tom Green's performance is, is, is real, and I'm not a Tom Green fan, but he was fantastic. In this movie, especially with uh, with Mitch, the uh, Python and singing to him and unleash the fury, Mitch, unleash the fury. <laughs> it's just it, but I mean, it, it Breckin Meyer's so good as Josh. And, 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 you know, they they get this. They end up sending this, this sex tape to his girlfriend in Austin, Texas, <laughs> which leads to a very involved road trip. Um, Sean William mm-hmm. Scott, and I had talked about this with, with my nephew-in-law last night. I said, what I love about his role in this movie is they basically took Steve Stifler or a variation of Steve Stifler from American Pie and transplanted him into road trip. Cause it's a similar character and he's magnificent in this movie. Um, you know, I don't know if anally induced orgasms are a real thing or not, but it sure was funny <laughs> finding out in this movie. So did I say two fingers? Better make it three guys. I uh, is this one is where uh they end up at the uh old man's house, right? And he says, Tell that bitch to get in there and make me some blueberry pancakes. Yes. That's right. Because they get they get high. He gets Harold, high. Harold, your boner. <laughs> Yes, that's he's right. Watching, he's watching fucking gymnastics on ESPN or something. <laughs> um, exactly. I just, like, what the hell did you do for kill a cheetah? No, it's her underwear. She gave them to me. <laughs> I boinked her. Did you just say boinked? <laughs> so, uh, and, like, you know, because I had sex last night. Okay, so that's oh, yeah, that, the, that the sperm bank shows scene. Up at, <laughs> he, he shows up at the um, DJ Qualls. Yes. Oh, just amazing. Have any of you all gotten high in the last 24 hours? One guy back to me. Have any of you all had sex? I guess that leaves me out because I had sex with a girl. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what was that? Your number six? That was my number seven. Seven? Drink? It's still your turn. So my number six, Tuddy knew this was coming because he and I DM'd about this a little bit. Uh, It is Saving Silverman. It's my number 11. I left it at 11 <gasps> because I knew I knew you'd have it on there. I know. The- I, I, I left this off because I knew somebody was going to have it on there. And this but- movie gets some bad reviews very unfairly. I have no idea what the fuck people have against this movie. But the the Neil Diamond tribute in this movie is one thing. But it is the cast is tremendous. Jack Black, 
Steve Zahn, Jason Biggs, uh, Amanda Pete. I think you mentioned her in a different movie earlier, Pat. She's magnificent in this whole thing. And then, of course, it's not just, excuse me, not just the tribute to Neil Diamond. He's actually in the movie and prominent as well. It is very clever. There's so much stuff in this movie that, yeah, and there's parts of it that I, I get it. People are going to look at it and say, oh, that's just not appropriate anymore. So what? You know, Steve's on trying to learn how to suck his own dick by teaching himself yoga. It's it's pretty classic. Amanda Peet making Jack Black realize he's gay because he's got a preference for track lighting and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) The scene I gave to Tutty where where Jack Black's describing burning his ball sack, singeing his ball sack with a Bunsen burner. Just look at Steve Zahn's face as he finishes telling him he can't grow hair on his left nut. It is priceless. The movie is just, it's fantastic. It is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, the music's great because you got Neil Diamond involved. It's unjustifiably got a shitty rating and a shitty reputation. I absolutely love Saving Silverman, though. I mean, don't forget that if multiple nachos stick together, that's one nacho. That's right. Exactly. Hey, why did you the door? Hey, Tony. Tony. I mean, Tony, you want to be gay with me? No. Listen, we got some magazines and videos down here. Some are monster trucks, some are porn, and some are a little bit of both. And let's shout out to Arlie M- Ermy uh, as coach, too, as well. It's fucking amazing. Does he take a shit in the yard? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any TP? No, we just use magazines because we're trying to save on water. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Number six for me. Uh, my number six, me, myself, and Irene. That, that one is that one was like my 11 12 right there there's no take on this i said l5 i repeat i said on aisle five that's vegiclean we got a customer down here with a full-on fallopian fungus she's baking a loaf of bread and i think it's sourdough Ooh. It's just a great movie to watch him go back and forth between, you know, the guy who takes all the shit, takes care of everybody, shows up with a positive attitude all the time. And then there's Hank and Hank is not Hank is like John Wayne toilet paper. He ain't taking shit from nobody. Right. And the back and forth in this movie and the one liners. And it's just it's actually an interesting story as well. I think it's one of Jim Carrey's best movies, one of his best roles as well. Uh, Me, myself and Irene, so underrated to me. Aesop, I know you had it high up there in consideration. What did you think? It's just a more adult version of the mask in a way, because Jim Carrey's allowed to create uh, a whole litany of characters that, uh, in fact, he's allowed to expand upon a little bit too, because of the, he's having these, these twisted brain functions. Um, Just that opening, that opening scene where, uh, it, the, the the children just are black children and he just sort of w- walks right by it doesn't even care it, it just hits hard um i i love that movie and again i i figured someone was gonna i figured someone was gonna uh, you know what? And speaking of taking shits in yards, Jim Carrey does it finally to get back at his neighbor for stealing his paper all the time, right? <laughs> or his dog kept shit in his yard too. Dude, the kids, the three kids, they the are, kids are the, the they are the best because yeah, they've learned they've learned everything from watching Richard Pryor live in concert <laughs> and Eddie Murphy. So everything they say is funneled through that comedic lens. But you know, get your foot long in a bag of nuts right here. It's just <laughs> so much good stuff. 
in this movie. Whitey, the albino, is is just I mean, great performance. Yeah, great call, Tony. It was it was on my short list of honorable mentions. Sorry, about I, that I was. Uh, I, I, a... I got nothing. I didn't like the movie, so. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I tried to contribute in the last one, but y'all talked over me, so I really haven't had a chance to participate in my own fucking podcast. So thanks for that. Uh, I mean. I'm just putting that out there. I'm feeling a little neglected and hurt today. And, I think it's a carryover from Illinois. You just got to get in there, Patrick. Come on now. This no, is no I, different than any I, other week. I can't. See, because you know, what, what what you two just did was like you quoted over me. Like I was talking and you just talked over me. So, Aesop, please, it is your turn. Um, go ahead so that Tony and Dave can talk over you. Uh, yeah. My number six is uh, very much like this podcast. It's about a dysfunctional family. <laughs> it's the Royal Tenenbaums. All right. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Is it dark? Of course it's dark. It's a suicide note. Um, the, it, when you, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember how many of my lists during this project have contained Wes Anderson films, but considering he's one of my favorite directors ever, it only makes sense that he yeah. make an appearance. The Royal Tenenbaums is the follow-up to his 98 classic of Rushmore, and it makes a strong impression to be looked at as one of his best films. Uh, the deadpan throughout the film is mesmerizing and matches the color palette as well. Uh, it follows the unexpected reunion of a family full of geniuses and moguls and the fact that uh, e even though individually there are perfect specimens, they are one of the most fractured families on the planet. Gene Hackman's Royal Tenenbaum uh, wants to reconnect with these, his children and his ex-wife and be a better father slash husband to each one of them. The Wes Anderson presentation is on point here and really helps emphasize how distant the family is, even though they are literally in rooms right next to each other. And this is like Wes Anderson tends to gather specific cast throughout like a lot of his movies aren't like isn't it like there are, there's a wilson involved here there's uh right not owen but the other one uh, uh, uh it's luke uh luke wilson luke wilson's in it um is schwartzman in this one as well uh i can't uh, yeah. I, i'm trying to remember who the whole like who else was in that movie but it's a, what it's is a paltrow in her best yeah, role ever i mean is that really hard to do i mean outside of pepper Potts. Oh, just saying. She played yeah. a good at dismembered head in a box. That's true. She did those. Uh, she had that brief run where people thought she was British. <laughs> Let's shag ass. <laughs> right, right. All right. Um, excellent choice. I wish I, I wish I'd watched more Wes Anderson. I actually think I would enjoy his work a lot more. Um. It's one of those things that when the movies came out, they weren't really readily available in my neck of the woods. Um, it's usually the art house movie theater. Yeah. Uh, and let's, let's just say that I grew up um, not near those. Uh, the, and there's four very strong ones throughout this decade, right? You had Royal Tenenbaums, you have Darjeeling Limited, um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I know Patrick and I have shared. Yeah, Mr. In Fox. The yeah right. it's great. That, that one is some good stuff. And, and, you know, because it was a family film, it, it actually got a wide release. 
So yeah, it's, it's a good choice. I think that's, um, I think that's a good step. My number six, uh, is super troopers higher on Tony's list, which means that we will now move into our third commercial break. Surprisingly moving right along though. We know as Tony noted, top five is going to take a while. Uh, we've had a lot of repeats and, and so some good stuff happening there. When we come back, that's what we'll do. Our top five comedies from 2000, 2009. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone. But before we get into our top five comedies of 2000-2009, I forgot to do something. And that is remind you all that if you like what we do. If you love what we do here on the chairshot.com, if you love listening to me get all pissy with Dave or, or with Aesop or with Tony, or if you love uh, Aesop talking about movies nobody's watched in the theaters, then you should really support us by heading over to pro wrestling forward slash chair shot. Aesop's like, yeah, nobody's seen these movies. It's uh, true. <laughs> forward slash the chair shot. And invest in a chair shot shirt. We have all kinds of great designs to choose from. There's even one for this very show. They are very, very affordable at $19.99 a pop. Or if you're feeling fancy, you should spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. It'll feel nice on your giblets. And you'll thank us later. I'm telling you. Again, we love putting out content each and every day. We love doing this for you, and the best way to support us and keep us on your internet airwaves is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a chair shot shirt. I still think chair shot umbros, or not chair shot, yeah, chair shot umbros should come as well. We we got to work on that. Uh, I'd buy I'd buy one pair. But they got to have the checkered design. Like you have to have that like holographic black checkered design with the logo. You all know what I'm talking about. Umbros, children of the '90s. Unite. All right. My number five. This this movie spawned a, a boatload of really bad sequels and a boatload of really, really knockoff style of films in the same vein. It's a parody flick. Came from the Wayans Brothers called Scary Movie. No. Scary Movie, in my opinion, it's a dumb comedy, but it's one of the smartest dumb comedies that out there in terms of its homage and its send up of horror films and centered around centered around the, uh, the idea of scream, which, which itself was a little bit of a parody of horror movies, but it was a horror movie. This is just straight up goofy ass comedy. uh, That was an homage to so many classic horror films. And it's where I first learned about the existence of Anna Paris. Um, it's, you know, the first time I saw, you know, Wayne, well, Wayne's brothers in a, in a role where I was like, I kind of get this joke. Like, <laughs> I, I understand what's happening. Um, and, and it's just, it, it was really, it reminded me of a Mel Brooks movie. 
Uh, and, and in fact, it reminded me of a specific Mel Brooks movie. It reminded me of high, um, is it high ten or uh, high anxiety? High anxiety, which is a send up of Hitchcock Hitchcock movies. This is very much the same thing. There's there's homages to Halloween. There's homages to Nightmare on Elm Street. There's homages to uh, Friday the Thirteenth. There, it's all over the place, and it's done in like just the most base, gross comedy. I think my favorite um, sort of send off horror parody is the Nightmare on Elm Street blood filling the room scene but it's a dude it's orgasming sleeping. and blowing the woman <laughs> up on the and st- or ceiling and sticking to or sticking to the ceiling from his skull it's hilarious they it, they, those guys knew that knew their stuff uh and, and put together a great great movie and then it unfortunately spawned way too many knockoffs and way too many sequels and so like the, the way his brothers got out of that after i think scary movie 2 i think scary movie 2 yeah. was like what they did those two and scary movie 2 is okay but then it really just off the rails bad from there but scary movie 1 i, I think is actually brilliant i think it's very very clever and um yeah it made my number 5 there's a lot of great uh quotable lines in that too white woman dead and we're getting the fuck out of here <laughs> Hop in the van and they speed out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's smarter than than people give it credit for. And, and yeah, I really, really liked it. I remember just being like, "Oh, they did that. Oh, that's a reference to that." Who knew? Uh, my number five is "Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story." What What is this face for, PC? What is this face for, man? What a pairing! You have Judd Apatow and J- John C. Riley, which make magic in this parody biopic that really separates Riley from his peer in Will Ferrell. Because John C. Riley is the better comedian and better actor. Yeah, just saying that. You never see musical comedies done right, especially done right, yet walk hard nails it with great original songs to go along with a strong performance by its lead. Uh, to me, this captured John C. Riley's career, or sorry, catapulted John C. Riley's career and let everyone know that he is more than a Robin to someone else's Batman. Um, nothing like uh, the the good musician Lachaim Cox and Lil Nutsack. It's a good combination. So, so Tony, are you just not a fan? Is that is that what I'm getting out of that? Not, not a fan. It did not make the thirty. You have your your mic up. Your mic up or I, muted. I seen the movie. I, I wrote a song about an octopus. Jammed up your ass. You're lucky we let you play the drums. I mean, if that's not a K, I've never. I, I don't know that I've. I've heard a K. When is a it K was, not a K? It was fine. Oh, there you go, Tony. To you for your number five, sir. My number five is waiting. Oh, nice. Now, look, the main thing to remember is to get the other guy to unknowingly look at your cock and balls. Okay, don't just fucking pull down your pants and say, look at my dick. You got to be sneaky. Got to be sneaky, okay? Ryan Reynolds, Justin Long, Anna Ferris, Louis Guzman, as we heard right there, and, and a great cast of other. Uh, uh, Dane Cook is in this movie as a cook. Uh, oddly enough, it, it's, it follows the lives of and interactions of a 
like a, I don't know, some big diner or whatever, you know, at the restaurant and, and you just get the interactions from everybody. It's, it's drugs, it's sex, it's, it's everything. It's, it's relationships. It's hilarious. Yes. Patrick, you're dying to jump in here. Well, the, the, the waitress who's angry all the time is one of my favorites. Like, and at one point she's yelling at everybody back in the kitchen and I don't remember the guy's name, but he was the principal from Boston public. And he's like, you know, if, I used to be a counselor. If you ever, if you ever just want to talk. And oh, she's Shy like, McBride, Bishop Coleman. And, and she's like, wow. Wow. That's really, that's really nice. Bishop. I, and uh, I, I don't know, but why don't you just wash the fucking dishes <laughs> and leave me the fuck on goddamn psychobabble bullshit. Um, and, and then of course the, the line that sticks with me forever you know, look at you, Monty. You're the coolest guy at shenanigans. That's like being the smartest person with Down syndrome. I fell out of my chair laughing. It's wrong. I know it's wrong, but it was funny as fuck. Like, that line is funny as fuck. I'm sorry. So I actually gave the goat to uh, Satchel McFlippins, the general, and DPP in Vegas. So the and goat! Then, so I did it by exiting our hotel room into the hallway and then knocking on the door and getting them to open the door. They prompted, promptly locked me out as a family walked down the Atta hallway, boy. and I just kind of pulled everything back up and said, "Welcome to Vegas." That, I, you have more courage than I do, my friend. Waiting, number five. Good call. So, my top five, in full disclosure, any of these five, I could reverse the order, and I would feel completely fine with the order of my top five, as any of them could be number one, but. My number five is super bad. Up oh, higher Still on higher on ASAP. Ace. Okay. So my number four is uh, th- this is the one that I, I'm sure people have some significant, especially my dog who's got issues with it. But uh, my number four is Tropic Thunder. Yeah. All right. I'm just a dude pretending to be a dude trying to be another dude. What dude are you? It's already Viet Cong's already plural. You wouldn't say Chinese's. You know I, the the movie is. Tremendous. And I know this is one of those ones that doesn't age well because of the whole Robert Downey and the blackface thing. But that notwithstanding his portrayal of Lincoln Osiris, all the other issues notwithstanding is absolutely tremendous. And especially when you compare, you think to yourself, that's Tony Stark. Yes, that's Tony Stark. That same guy. Ben Stiller <laughs> is magnificent in this movie. Uh, and Tom Cruise is Les Grossman. What I want you to do is take one step back and literally fuck your own face. It's just, I mean, there's so much about this movie that I absolutely love. And, 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 you know, I won't go into all the quotable stuff, but there's a lot of it in this movie. That's very quotable. It's, it's yeah. Number four for me, Tropic Thunder. Top 10 for names all time in that movie. Uh, I love the names of that. Kirk Lazarus, Tug Speedman, (laughs) Al Pacino. That's right. (laughs) Jack Black yeah, is the coked out. I want to wear your. I want to wear your insides like a unitard. Uh, it just <laughs> Jesus, you know. It, it just the, the cast is is one of the best casts I think I've ever seen. Matthew McConaughey as the agent. You know, I got Tebow right. in your contract, Tug. You don't have to apologize to me for that shit. Flaming Dragon. cover me, limp dick fuck ups. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because this is one of those where the the argument between like distasteful and satire um 
like they really butt heads really hard because it's like the, you, you talked about the Robert Downey Jr. blackface thing. It's literally being satirical about these actors who go too far in getting into their roles and, and who they are as character actors. You're not supposed to be like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is playing a black man. That's not what's supposed to happen there. Um, you know, I think it's just, it's 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 fascinating to me. Uh, and again, like I always look at the the conversation that he has with Ben Stiller over his his role as to why he didn't win an Oscar. It's because he went full retard. And and again, the way that they say it, you're like, oh, clutch your pearls. And, and then you then you, then they give the examples, and you're like, he's wow, right. That's a it's a little too real. Yeah. Like, wait a second. It was like pistol whipping a blind kid. <laughs> so, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise is Les Grossman. Who yeah, it breaks right up there with, you know, you talk about makeup jobs, and we talked about this with the Batman. It's it's right up there with that. G6, baby. <laughs> Man, everybody's gay once in a while. That's right. My number four is Wedding Crashers. Nobody? Is this your place? No. No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Chaz, I think I'm okay. I, I had a bite right before I came over. Thank you. You sure? You know what? I will have some meatloaf. Let's have some meatloaf. You want some? <laughs> I knew you'd go. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? I never know what she's doing. He's an Will innovator, Tony. He's an innovator, Tony. Oh, Tunny. my God. Is, uh, Will Ferrell's drop-in of this movie is excellent. It, it's just, it's, it's like, it's another old school kind of thing. It's it's mostly the same people and everything. Um, it, the story's excellent, how they get dragged off after the wedding, and, and, and it just continues on. I think my favorite part of the movie comes very early. Um, Owen Wilson is a, a divorce uh lawyer and does negotiating and uh they they settle on the 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 the, uh the flight miles on the credit card or something like that i believe it is and they're like they were satisfied with that and that was that was a good day for them so dave i don't know did did that strike a tone with you being a lawyer like well we got a little bit done today at least thank god (laughs) this is one of these movies i'm so happy it's on your list because it pained me to leave this one it pained me very much to leave off uh I don't know about resonating with me as far as that goes, but everything else about the movie certainly resonates with just about anybody on some level that it's just, yeah, it, the, the guys are just, you know, the, this con that they pull that kind of backfires on Owen Wilson and he actually falls in love with, who is it? Rachel McAdams? Is she the, uh, she's the one that, no, she goes crazy for Vince Vaughn here, I believe. No, no, no. that's, I love no. Fisher. I love oh, Fisher. that's right. Yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. You're Drink. Right. Drink, yeah, drink again. Tony's got no problem drinking. Yeah, but I I love this movie. Bradley Cooper, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken is tremendous. Vince Vaughn is great in this one. Go ahead, Pat. I'm not going to talk over you this time. Go ahead. And that's what we do in Maryland, crab cakes and football. And I appreciate it. So, you all remember the PlayStation Portable? PSP? Yes. Yes. It, it, It had movie discs. And Wedding Crashers was one of two movies that I that I owned for the PlayStation Portable. Um, it was that, or sorry, three. I owned Labyrinth, Blade, and Wedding Crashers, the uncensored version. And when I would take flights, I would watch 
Wedding Crashers nine times out of ten because it was like the perfect flight time from um, Hartford to Chicago. And so as we were getting ready to like finish our final approach, that would be them driving off in the car, making up this story for their next wedding. I I watched that movie thoroughly and repeatedly. Make me a bicycle clown. <laughs> Jane's. Jane Seymour as Kathleen Cleary is phenomenal. I still have a crush on Jane Seymour. Motorboat and son of a bitch, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Death, you are my bitch lover. Excellent. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. So that is on to me. Yeah, I was like, it's time for somebody to drink because I don't. (laughs) Uh, My number four is Shaun of the Dead. See, and I thought about it. I thought about putting it. I, you know, and again, I left all the Simon Pegg movies off, oddly enough. Yeah, you know, it was pretty pretty safe for you to to leave it off because you knew I was going to grab it. <laughs> and it didn't even come to that. It's it's funny. Like, I enjoy Shaun of the Dead quite a bit. But, like, when it came down to these are the things I watch on repeat, like, it's it wasn't one that I watch on repeat. So it's one that if it's on, I stop. Like, okay, I'm in. You've been Shawshanked at that point. Uh, Edgar Wright does exactly what you need to do in comedy, and that is to pinpoint things that people know and understand. In this case, it's the zombie apocalypse lore and add just enough absurdity to produce a comedic and emotional romp. Right. He may not have been the very first person to mix comedy and horror, but he arguably does it better than anyone has. And let's not forget how great Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are playing the main characters. Um, Every time you put those three together, it just fits so well in whatever Edgar Wright's universe is that he's trying to create. I mentioned that last week when we talked Hot Fuzz. That trio is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent movie. And again, it's another one of those. It's also a love letter and an homage to the zombie book. That opening sequence where Simon Pegg gets up in the morning and he walks around town to like get something to drink at the convenience store and like yeah. all shit is going nuts around him and he doesn't see it at all, but and frowns his way back before settling down on the couch to be like, oh, this is going on. It's, it's really, really good stuff. Yeah, the shot for shot remake of it is just so good. It's so good. So, yeah, wonderful, wonderful choice. All right, so now we're to me and my number four. Uh, my number four is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Really? We don't know if Tony's got it higher because he's not here. It's my speaking. number like 12 or 13, and I just sharded. I'll be right back. Yay. Uh, that announcement brought to you by one PC, Tony. I hear I, I. It's from the movie. Jesus Christ. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. Um. Any movie that utilizes a puppet musical telling the tale of Dracula and then gives you a payoff at the end of a puppet musical of Dracula with a, an overacting Bill Hader pretending to be um, Van Helsing and, and the sign like that shit is, is genius. But for me, J- Jason Siegel uh, carrying this movie, but when he's finally lost his shit on Sarah Marshall and he's walking around and he's like, oh, look, a wedding in Hawaii. How original. And he goes like walking off. It's just like that. That's it for me. That you've got Russell Brand. Um, 
see, you know, with his, with his hit song inside of you, it's, um, speaking again, sound bites that Greg had for the Greg DeMarco show, the Patrick O'Dowd internet bullshit report soundbite that Greg ever uses every once in a while is Kristen Bell saying bullshit in his accent and he put it on a repeat. So just, Oh, I'm out of the snow. Bullshit, 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 over and over and over again. Love that movie. Love that movie. It was my number four. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. I, I, can I mention one thing that I think, uh, that has Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel in that I don't think is going to make anybody's list. Oh, yeah, and that's, I, uh, I love you, man. Yes. Slap I just honorable mention quick there. So slap into base. Motherfucking. Yeah. <laughs> um, hurt my feelings. Cause I've had to explain to many young people who rush are, uh, RIP. Anyway, uh, or Neil Pert. I just, the whole damn band. Don't, don't bury Getty I, yet, please, Pat. I, I have, sorry. I haven't heard him say it yet, so I'm assuming it's either his number three or it's higher on his list. But my number three is Best in Show. No, you didn't put it on your list, Aesop. You've been talking I about didn't. Best in Show. I, I do love you Best in Show so shit much. about leaving Best in Show off of his I list. I know. I watched it. First of all, he's, he had 30 goddamn movies. I can say that he, it's you a shame he didn't have it there. You specifically talked that movie out. Like, you specifically. I know. I know, and it pains so, me to do it. It I'm sorry pained you. Christopher Guest, in that documentary-style film, with just, and again, you talk about go-to cast. Like, he uses so many of the same people in the in these movies. Because, you know, this, this leads to, you have a mighty win for your consideration. Like, all these similar-style movies. Hell, even, you know, you go back to This is Spinal Tap. But best in show, which is just all these people going, bringing their dogs to a dog show, and, and the nuttiness of these these owners, whether it's you know Eugene Levy with Catherine O'Hara, uh, whether it's Jane Lynch, um, and I can never remember the name of Stifler's mom. I can't remember who the woman is that plays. Oh, that Stifler's, and she's also Stifler's in two mom. Girls. You had it right, Tony. Or, yeah, she's also in two broke girls. Right. Um, Ed Bagley Jr. as the hotel manager. Um, but Eugene Levy is like the best part of this whole thing. Like everywhere they go, they keep running into people who know his wife and have fucked his wife. And he just is kind of like he's poor and he's sad. Um, getting into an argument with Ed Bagley Jr. over their hotel room and nothing working. It, it's it's hilarious. It cracks me up. Um, uh, Parker Posey as the over controlling mom that has like her and her husband are so strung out that they've stressed out the dog to the point where it like can't handle the pressure of the dog show. I, I love it. Um, I love that. Um, that, that movie, I love everything about it. And I stunned that after all the grief that Aesop gave Tony, I said it one time, one thing. That's all I said. No best in show. Matter, it's a shame. Matter, matter, shame. Yeah, shame. And even on your honorable mentions. Well, well, it's on my honorable mentions. You didn't mention it. Honorable, well, not yet. <laughs> Jen- um, Jennifer you know Coolidge is Stifler's like, mom. Jennifer Coolidge. Thank you. Much like a, a film that is still waiting to be talked about, much of that film is improvised, and to me. That is a true art form right there, mainly because I am an improviser myself. 
So seeing that in that movie and to watch things just happen naturally just makes it so much. You could feel the realism, right? The realism in in the film. And when that happens, um, it, it you get magic. And I, I wish I wish I could have put it in there. But like I said, I had to get certain films that just touched a certain spot in my heart. And that's why Kung Pao is on my fucking list over over fucking best in show. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm legitimately shocked. I really am. I'm legitimately shocked. But I I guess you know if, I guess if, if one's an eleven, it's best in show. And if uh if you had to if I was ranking it by number of films or number of times Comedy Central has played said movie, <laughs> best in show would probably be number one. That's funny. Well, I mean, it's not. It wasn't number one on my list. It was number three. Um, surprise, but tell me, tell me what, what was your number three? Cause it's, it's now your turn. Oh, you're probably, I'm probably going to get probably, judged again. <laughs> I'm ready to judge you now. I can't believe you left best in show off your list. But anyway, go ahead. My number three is a movie that I really do enjoy and it's not PC at all. It's Borat. Wow. I enjoy Borat a lot. I'm sorry. Um, and I, I know that it, it is not exactly the most uh, sensitive movie as far as culture is concerned, but it is insanely quotable with plenty of memorable moments. Sasha Baron Cohen really did a great job at leading these unsuspecting people in into some great uh conversations and again th- there you have it with uh improv as well just it, it's just so fun and natural and it that to me resonates and then for him to do a follow-up this past year or was that uh, the year before that that had uh, again similar qualities to it it was it, it's a good time for me and uh i again it may not be uh, everyone's cup of tea. There's a lot of weird shit that happens in it, but I really enjoy it. You know, I tried to watch that. I kind of like The Office. Like, I tried to watch that a couple times, and it just didn't work for me. Like, oddly enough, like, I get why people like it so much, and it clearly created a phenomenon. I mean, that's one suit. Um, good God. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just... It was one of those, like, I can appreciate it for what it was and what it did and just kind of the the way, like, you talk about something feeling real and feeling like, like, I, like, I think that's part of it is some, I think it almost makes me feel too uncomfortable, like, watching it and kind of putting myself in that space. I'm like, man, I don't know how I feel if I was on the other end of that, but people love it. So I can't, I can't fault your number three. Good. I, I'm a big fan of Sasha Baron Cohen and this movie has very funny parts in it. Um, when he talks about his sister and, and her profession and how she rates on it, I won't go into specifics so we don't get in trouble here, but if you really want to experience his best work in character acting, go back and find the HBO series, Dolly G show. Like this is early two thousands is before this. And that's, the best thing he's ever done in my opinion i've seen all his work and all i can say is the ollie g show you won't regret it respect cool yeah i 
I think, I think we can move on to Tony and his number three uh, on that my, note. My number three uh, is 40-year-old virgin. It's my number three as well. So, Okay. So we're going to get to it with Aesop. Dave, you're number three. My number three was 40-year-old virgin. So now you're number oh, that's two. That's right. So you're two. So, yeah, we're just sticking with these movies with tremendous casts working flawlessly together. And my number two is The Hangover. Do you mind, Dave? Hold on. Pat's got it. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Shit. We've been waiting for this moment all our life. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. Find me. Find me or something. I don't know. Whatever. Chug that beer now. Put on a weird hat. So I guess we know what Pat's number one is. Not punishment. I'm sorry, Patrick. I apologize deeply. Tony, what's your number two then? (laughs) My number two is Super Troopers. Okay. (laughs) Go on. It's my number six. All right, let's play the Go clip. on, chicken fucker. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. <clears throat> hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. You're about shenanigans, right? Put those away. It's, it's Broken Lizard, right? Is is the yeah. media company? Yes. Yeah. Just shout out to them and all the movies that came afterwards. Like, Wimbly Nimbly, they get pulled over. Uh, the whole, like, who wants a mustache ride? Can I get a liter of cola? Uh, I mean, go ahead, Patrick. This is just one of my favorite. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries, man. You boys ever been to Mexico? Um <laughs> Uh, does this look like it has spit in it? Yeah. Um, Can I get a burger for a cop? <laughs> it's a cop. Why'd you say that? Um, <laughs> and, and I just, I can't help but note Brian Cox making another appearance in an op project list as he plays uh, the the head of the, the state trooper department that, that is there. And, we also get to see the lovely, and she never ages, Linda Carter. Good God. Like, what is this? Is this a heroin bust? No, it's uh, marijuana. Then why are we here? It just, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It was really smart. It's one of those movies, you talk about a movie that has a good hook. Like, that opening scene with the two guys getting pulled over and that whole chasing, all of that. To, it just sucks you into the rest of the the rest of the movie to where yeah it's it doesn't really matter what happens next because you know that that it's going to be funny as we all try to figure out where johnny chimpo is bear fucker do you need assistance <laughs> yes very much there's a lot of good stuff out of super troopers i obviously like i said num- my number six good choice Tony. it stinks like sex in here <laughs> <laughs> um my number two was just uttered before. It's the 40-year-old virgin. Um, you know the exact premise of this film just from the title, and you are intrigued by the direction that they are going to be taking with it. Uh, and it's important to note that not only did Steve Carell star in this film, but he also helped Judd Apatow write the script. And you can see the passion that he has for the character of Andy. Also, like I have stated a couple times before i'm always a sucker for a movie that utilizes improv 
uh, and which is a large portion of this film. It really is a tight race between the the two pieces that I have at one and two. Um, the forty yard virgin just got eked out a slight amount. Yeah, I, other folks had it. I, I didn't have it on my list, so other folks go ahead. I had it at three. I, I love this movie. I I laughed so hard at everything. Steve Carell, Catherine Keener, Paul Rudd, uh, Seth Rogen, Elizabeth Banks, Leslie Mann, Jane Lynch. I mean, let me. I'll I'll only take. I'll literally only take 24 more seconds of your time. If you don't take this Michael McDonald DVD that you've been playing for two years straight off, I'm going to kill everyone in the store and put a bullet in my brain. David, what do you suggest we play? I don't care. Anything. I would rather I would rather watch Beautician and the Beast. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours than have to listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. And boobs feel like bags of sand. Carry on. <laughs> That's right. You got a Hummer from a tranny, didn't you? <laughs> Did you just flick me in my balls? No, I flicked you in the fleshy part where your balls used to be. <laughs> Too bad I retired my penis. <laughs> <laughs> this cast is is just, I mean, you look at Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, everybody you mentioned before, Tony, uh, and Steve Carell. The body waxing scene. Any, any guy who has any Do sort of chest me. hair of any sort can watch that and cringe along with Andy and, and squirm along with Andy. It, it's, it's just, it's one of those screaming out Alex Lifeson, another rush member, Pat, uh, as his chest hair is being ripped out of his body. Uh, it, the movie is just tremendous. Um, Elizabeth Banks, who plays Beth, it, it's a role that you see her do numerous times, but she always does it in such a way that it's like, wow, either that's really her She's really damn good at portraying that. So I, it was number three for me as well. Just a tremendous tour de force of comedic talent all over the place. Great call. Number two to me. My number two also has Steve Carell. Um, seems like his name has popped up a bunch. This is a dramedy as much as it is a comedy. It's a little Miss Sunshine. Um, introduced the world to Abigail Breslin. My, why am I getting funny looks? Did I, did I do something wrong, Asa? No, no, I'm I'm just looking at my my list and I'm waiting. That's all. Oh, okay. No, no, yeah. I'll make sure I didn't forget anything. Michelle, like you, you didn't you didn't forget this one. Wow. Proceed. <laughs> this is your I, podcast. It is actually. It is my podcast. Um, you're correct in that assertion. Um, I. Anytime I do something that doesn't make any damn sense, I just yell, I'm old like Alan Arkin from Little Miss. I'm old. Like, why did you forget to take the train? I'm old. Why did you walk upstairs? I'm old. Doesn't matter. Uh, this movie, you know, it's really it's really amazing because it is such a, like, there's some just, like, mind-blowingly hilarious shit that, like like when Abigail Breslin does her big performance at the pageant that is a, a dance routine inspired by her grandfather and it, or that was taught to her by her grandfather and it's just the most wrong thing for this small child to be doing but yet you're dying and like the whole family just losing their shit for her after it's all over um, it is adorable and hilarious at the same time you know there's a lot of heavy stuff in Paul Dano we talked about him when we were talking about the Batman, uh, and he. There's a scene where when where he he learns that 
because he's co- I think he's, he's colorblind. He can't. He cannot be a pilot uh, or like a fighter pilot. Or there's it's something that and it just like it's devastating to him. Um, and it's it's so um, it's so well acted and so well done. And yet at the same time, like this family is, you know, they're they're quirky, they're weird, they're goofy, and they got problems. And, and it carries a lot of emotional weight. And yet at the very end, that family is pulling itself together uh, and rallying behind their little girl. Uh, and it's, it's awesome. And it launched Abigail Breslin's career in a big, big way. So that was my number two. It almost made my drama list, Patrick. Um, and it would, it could, it could make a family list if we weren't so American and more European. (laughs) Great pick Patrick. Yeah, exactly. Loved it. Yeah. My number one is the hangover. Um, because when I, when when I just if you want to play the clip, if you want to go ahead and play the clip first, we can we can do that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got you. Here we go. But I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Oh Lord. Oh, oh, oh. Why did you do that? Mr. Tyson would like to know why is this tiger in your bathroom? Uh yes. Ed Helms is my like I, I Ed Helms is my guy in this movie. Um because I, like of all of, of the three characters, you know, of the of the of the, the three characters that are that are going around through this whole thing, um, uh, I always feel like Ed Helms is the dude who's like trying to keep his shit together, that it just all falls apart. Um the 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 relationship with it with his his wife at the time that that's not true um but uh like i just feel him as a person because a lot of times that's who i am like i'm i'm the awkward responsible one who's kind of the buzzkill at at different points i i am not i'm not the bradley cooper character who's just looking for a reason to cut loose and is just gonna go all out uh and nobody is zach alfernakis like just nobody is that it's him um but yeah heather graham of course mike tyson uh ken jong just oh um is it mike epps is that or what's his name um it's like the, the other friend the other drug dealer friend has the same name as oh doug the, yeah it Doug. is Mike Epps. It's Mike Epps. Jeffrey Tambor Jeffrey is in there Tambor as well. As the father-in-law of Vegas. He just whispers Vegas when it's all done. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it's just, again, all, the way all the shit comes together at the very end, and you find out, you know, that that they've lost Doug. He's on the roof. He's been on the roof the whole time. Um, it is, is, it's hysterical. And, and the, the, sh- the stuff they get themselves into, I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, and it became, it was my number one comedy um, for the odds. You get no complaints from me with this pick because this movie is absolutely f- tremendous on so many levels. And it, it's cool how they kind of roll in the middle of this massive comedy. They kind of roll in this little mystery under the surface as to what what happened to Doug and, and, and everything that they go through to try and figure out, oh, we were just and, – and, and you're and, – riding along shotgun with that mystery is, well, what the hell happened to these guys? Why can't they remember anything? Uh, it's, it's done so very well. Zach 
Galifianakis is man. That performance, but yeah, Ken Jong is kind of the unsung hero of the, <laughs> this whole thing as Leslie Chow. Uh, man, it, it's it's just. I mean, it, none of the sequels have matched up, but it's just a tremendous <laughs> he movie. Out of the trunk of the car, like he just what he <laughs> Why was he so mad? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I can't. Anyway, yeah, that's my that's my number one. Great, it's a great, call. great selection, Patrick. Uh, and, and you know what? I think this is easily going to have uh, like the closest poll uh, results ever because I don't know how anyone picks, uh, you know, confidently through it. Uh, my number one is super bad. First of all, I just want to let everyone know that in my research, I did find uh, find out that super bad. Uh, the word fuck is said approximately 176 times. So I, I wanted to make sure I tell you that. It's so appropriate that you said that. Let me just play this and you can keep continuing because we're going to bleep it out twice. I am McLovin. Uh. No, you're not. No one's McLovin. McLovin's never existed because that's a made up dumb fairy tale name. You. Uh, it took friends Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg years to write super bad, which they started at 13 years old in 95. Superbad is one of the most important films of the past 20 years. It not only shaped comedy, but it also launched the careers of many, many stars. The likes of Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, and many more. Uh, it's intelligent and insightful and completely worth your time for a view. True story. My, uh, my local indie promotion as a referee that they call McLovin because he looks just like Plintz and like, not even like, not even a little, not like, not like he kind of looks like him. The only, he's got a beard. He's grown out a full beard. That's the only thing that you like. You Separates him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. So when they chant McLovin at him, all 50 of us, cause you know, it's a pioneer Valley pro wrestling, like in 50 of, 50 fans. But boy, do we love yelling at McLovin. Fun fact, Patrick, uh, I wrestle in both Minnesota and Illinois, and there are, um, there is a McLovin in each of those States as well. So that's that name transcends. Sure. It's an iconic name to go with an iconic movie. I mean, the fact that Jonah Hill has this problem about and, and you know you got to watch the un, the actual version of this because they won't show it on TV. But his his kind of obsession with drawing dicks, thick veiny tri- <laughs> thick veiny triumphant bastards. You know, I 8% mean, percent of eight percent of kids suffer from that. <laughs> the one that he draws where it's facing down the uh, the tanks in Tiananmen Square. <laughs> that's the best one of all of them. <laughs> so so clever everything that they do in this movie. I have a, a a friend of mine that like often says, uh, "Odd crime for a Jew to commit." You're pretty docile, so that <laughs> uh, it just well, don't give me that face, PC. I can say that, um, but uh, yeah, it it is one of my one of my favorite films, and like I said, to, it is very important for comedy because you don't get a lot of the 2010 comedy films without Super Bad. Yeah, I Absolutely. think that's a fair. I think I think that's a fair assessment. I, I, I 100%. I think that's a good. I think it's a fair argument. Tony, you're number one, sir. <clears throat> My number one. 
at the at the risk of driving Patrick O'Dowd over the edge, first I have to run down twelve through thirty. Snatch, old school, forgetting Sarah Marshall, the Royal Tenenbaums, Little Miss Sunshine, knocked up, burned after reading. Harold and Krumar go to White Castle. Zool. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Good man. Good man. I, I can't. I can't unmute you. I, I muted you. <laughs> We're not going to number one. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. That was funny. That was funny. That Where did we leave off? Timing. Where did we leave off? What's the last yeah. one you heard? We got, we got all one. twelve. Got all twelve. There was like twenty-eight more. All right, my number one. It's nobody else's because I knows what Dave is. So here we go. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? I've never laughed harder in a movie theater in my fucking life. Meet the Parents is just a ridiculously funny movie. It's Ben Stiller's best. Robert De Niro is amazing in it. The 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 story is is just ridiculous. I see all you guys reminiscing about it in your heads right now. Owen Wilson is in there as the ex-boyfriend. I mean, Jinxie the cat, he doesn't have opposable thumbs. He, he could not be able to flush the toilet. Um, the volleyball scene in the pool when, when Greg breaks the, breaks her nose. I mean, this movie, I go back and why it spawned a couple sequels that were okay. Uh, but it got Dustin Hoffman in there. Uh, but man, meet the parents for me. Amazing movie. Uh, nonstop laughing. I think what, um, what I really appreciate about this movie is I, is that this is one of those roles where Ben Stiller's character is very relatable. He just wants to fit in with his family. He just wants to be welcomed. He's trying so damn hard and it just, it goes horribly, horribly wrong every time. Uh, For me, it's when he accidentally sets fire to the gazebo. He's like, he shouldn't have used all the laughter. It was, you know, it's just, you feel so bad for the guy. Uh, and, And at the end, you know, you know, it all works out, of course, until they spawn, you know, other sequels where where it just seems like De Niro always has to have a problem with 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 poor Ben Stiller. But the first one you, you totally connect to because who hasn't in, in, a, in, in a relationship, if you've ever hit that step where you're meeting their family, like you want to make the right impression, you want to do well and you want to you want to be liked like it's a very real thing and that's what i think makes meet the parents very a very relatable comedy to a lot of folks i'm just glad you had this on your list honey because it's one that barely missed mine but the lie detector scene do you watch pornographic movies no (laughs) needles are jumping yes or no greg (laughs) you know you like the song you like the song puff the magic dragon huh yeah exactly uh you know the movie like Aesop talk about how super bad is over the top with the use of the word fuck. And and this movie never says it, but it does because you know, the whole Greg Fokker thing is, is done very well. And I always thought that was very clever about the movie, but yeah, De Niro's performance, but I mean, and, and iconic stuff coming out of that, that we still do the whole, you know, looking at you sort of thing. It just all comes from this movie. So great call, man. Well, no secret. What my number one is, because 60% of the time I'm right every time. It is Anchorman. Oh, wait, Tony's got something. Or not. It's, made with, it's a real panther. So you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh, yeah. 
it's a formidable scent. <laughs> Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. <laughs> Just, it's, it's one of the most quotable lines ever because it make, and even, even after he said it, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter because the cast is, I mean, those four together and Christina Applegate as Vanessa Corningstone. Holy crap. What a performance in this movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got everything Baxter. I mean, <laughs> I've kidded around about, it. I'm going to Baxter this fucking dog over the fence. If it doesn't shut the hell up, uh, stuff you like it. You get a whole wheel of cheese. I'm not upset. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm in a glass case of emotion. It's just, uh, with speaking in Spanish, <laughs> it's um it's just there's so many good things about this movie that the 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 gang fight between all the gangs and all the cameos that you get in that one scene you know and brick stabbed the guy i saw that you know you hit him with a trident it's just it's silliness for the sake of silliness to talk to you about that you should probably lay low for a while (laughs) exactly Uh, is that a grenade Yeah, there, there's so many, so many quotable moments in this movie that I, I just, I had to put it number one. I, like I said, the top five were impossible for me. I just finally said, I got to give it to Anchorman. Uh, you know, it, it's a movie that'll make you question, what does Bigfoot's dick smell like? So <laughs> there you it go. Is, it is a legit question. That film. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-hmm. You know what? One thing we didn't talk about with scary movie was smelling things, and you brought it up, Dave. And 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 you know he pulls his finger out and he's like, "Hey, smell this!" And he goes, "Oh, it smells like your ass." <laughs> sorry, sorry. The Scotch line used to be very important when Patrick was drinking Scotch on this show. So it is, and then I then I cut back on the scotching, um, but I still appreciate singing the Isle of Scotch, Scotchy, Scotch, Scotch. There it goes down, down to my belly. That uh, that opening sequence for the the addiction stuff actually gets used a lot in uh, the chorus stuff that I do, like the, the big choirs and stuff. We use that for actual warm up techniques, which I find that fucking hilarious. Excellent. Yeah. I, I buy that. Cause it's again, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of that stuff is pretty, pretty darn ridiculous. And it, it fits. And it's all about loosening up some muscles. So it, it works. So there you go, kids. Anchorman, not only the number one comedy, also practical, for your theater skills all right that's that's it so that means that our our poll this week will have four unique options to choose from as we will have anchorman we will have meet the parents we will have the hangover and we will have i forgot asops number one super bad super bad super bad that'll be the number one drink um scotch if you have it um in fact, Whiskey. here, help you along. You know, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Um, and yeah, those will be up on the poll when the show hits on Monday. So be sure to go on the lookout for that great list, you guys. I don't know what we're going to do with ourselves next week. I, I don't know. I don't know what what do we I don't know what to do like we don't have a project now. Um, Moon Knight starts following week. Um, well, well, let me just say uh, before you you 
conclude everything. Thank you guys for having me over the past, uh, you know, almost two months. Actually, it has been two months because I did the show right before you started this. And uh, it was an absolute blast. And, um, yeah, I, I had a great time. No one said you could leave. No one said yeah, that. Yeah, done. Oh. I mean, maybe you're done. Maybe you're not. We don't know. Who knows what you're going to get <laughs> next week on Bandwagon Nerds. I don't even know what we're going to talk about on the show. It's going to be exciting. And make sure that you tune in and check it out. Now, before we actually leave and before I do the sign-off, let's do a once-around and remind everybody where they can find us on the ChairShot Radio Network. This week, we will start with Aesop, who's already thanked us, so you can't thank us again. Uh, but you can't yeah. tell us where to find you on the ChairShot. Yeah, sure. You feel free. Look for me on uh, Twitter. I'm, I have two different accounts. There's uh, at Violent Aesop uh, and at Dave in Cudahy. Also, feel free to listen to my brother and I doing a bunch of uh, podcasts, but our podcast specifically, Down the Wire, that drops every Tuesday on thechairshot.com. Mr. PC Tony working counterclockwise on my Skype view this week. Uh, you can find me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Snatch, Knocked Up, and Zoolander. Check them out. <laughs> this is when we need video for just the look on Patrick's I, That face. was like a, a seventh of the time at Aesop, and I'm getting a dirty look. <laughs> Throwing me under the bus. Dave? <laughs> yes, you can find me on Twitter at AttitudeAg. That is at AttitudeAgg. And on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude of Aggression. There you go. Tony got his 30 in, everybody. We knew he was going to get his 30 in. He found a way. Kudos to you. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the Chair Shot Radio Network. On Mondays, it's Bandwagon Nerds. On Tuesdays, it's Dave and I doing Hockey Talk. Be sure to check out our trade deadline discussion that we did this week with Kyle's, Kyle Moores, which we basically predicted everything that then happened immediately after our podcast was recorded. And then on Wednesdays, I talk wrestling with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales on the Greg DeMarco show. Also be sure to follow bandwagon nerds, the show itself on the Twitter at bandwagon nerds. We will have the pull up with our number one comedies for the op project Monday. When the show hits, that's going to do it. For this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds, big thank you to Aesop Mitchell for joining us. I'm sure you will see him back on the show sooner rather than later. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself up out of the basement, get some sun and some laughs. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your Head. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm.
Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. Do you know if the hotel's pager friendly? I'm not sure. Is there a payphone bank? Bunch of payphones. Business. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out, you know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Who brought this guy along? Running around the desert together in Las Vegas. Looking for strippers and cocaine. Be careful, don't, don't. Oh, hey, holy fuck, he's not kidding, there's a tiger in there. No, there isn't. It's because we found a fucking baby. I don't think you should curse around the child. Really? I don't think you should be around a child. No, look. I'm feeling kind of drowsy. <laughs> don't do drugs without me. He's jacking his little weenus. Pull yourself together, man. We're gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay, all right? What the fuck is going on? You know this. I'm a stripper. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, I'm an escort, but stripping's a great way to meet the clients. <laughs> Smart. Savvy. You know, I just have to say, I have never seen a more beautiful, elegant, just regal creature. Check it out, two, two, fuck this tiger. Toodaloo, motherfucker. Hey, you, you hit. We're the three best friends that anyone can have, and we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. <laughs> Funny fat guy fall off my face. Uh, right after you suck on these little Chinese nuts. Oh, that's mm. nasty. Oh. How'd that sound? So long, gay boys. I noticed you were looking at that when I came in. Yeah, it's an antique polygraph machine. Is that what that is? Because I've seen these before, but I never saw one actually up close. You know what? Why don't you try that on? Oh, that's okay. Oh, come on. We'll have some fun. I'll show you how it works. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I shouldn't. Well, why should you be afraid? You have nothing to hide. <laughs> no, I know. I know you know, so there shouldn't be any problem. No, there's no problem. So, try it on. Okay. I'll help you. Don't worry, you'll enjoy this. All right. Looks complicated. Now, these aren't 100% accurate, right? They're. Well, you'd be surprised how accurate they are. They can tell fairly easily if someone's lying or not. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. And all you have to do is answer yes or no. Okay. All right. Let's give it a whirl. 
Did you fly on an airplane today? Yes, I did. No peeking. Did we eat pot roast for dinner tonight? Yes. Was it undercooked? No, it was rare. It was a little rare for my taste. But I, I was kidding. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Relax, relax. The needles are jumping. Have you ever watched pornographic videos? I mean, well, I don't... Yes or no? I don't even remember doing it. Excuse me, Miss Cornerstone, what are you doing? I need to use this machine so I can watch a tape for a story, Ron. Well, I'm using the tape. I'm showing I'm showing Jeffrey here my Emmy tape. We are watching history. Mr. Burgundy, I'm a professional, and I would like to be able to do my job. Well, well, big deal. I am very professional. Mr. Burgundy, you are acting like a baby. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. You are not a man, you are a big fat joke. I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. You're just a woman with a small brain, with a brain a third the size of us. It's science. I will have you know that I have more talent and more intelligence in my little finger than you do in your entire body, sir. You are a smelly pirate hooker. You look like a blueberry. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Well, you have bad hair. What did you say? I said your hair looks stupid. Between the two of them! Yo, guys! What's up? Fucker, where have you been, man? You almost gave me a goddamn heart attack. Let me see it. You pussy out or what? No, no, man. I got it. It's flawless. Shit. Hawaii. Alright, that's that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? McLovin? What kind of a stupid name is that, Fogel? What are you trying to be an Irish R&B singer? Oh, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, it was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fogel, have you ever actually met anyone named Muhammad? Have you actually ever met anyone named McLovin? No, that's why you picked a dumb fucking name. Fuck you. Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. What? What name? What name? Who are you, Seal? Fogel, this ID says you're 25 years old. Why wouldn't you just put 21, man? Seth, 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 listen up, ass face. Every day, hundreds of kids go into the liquor store with their fake IDs, and every single one says they're 21. How many 21-year-olds do you think there are in this town? It's called fucking strategy, all right? Let's stay calm, okay? Let's not lose our heads. It's, it's, It's a fine ID. It'll, it's gonna work. It's passable, okay? This this isn't terrible. I mean, it's up to you, Fogel. This guy's either gonna think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. Okay? So what's it gonna be? 